Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin with Hashem uh, Shalom Bayez, share number 356. We're in the book, 10 Real Dumb Mistakes That Very Smart Couples Make by Ben C. and Schaefer. We discussed in the last year, we started to discuss mistake number six, which is trying to change your spouse. Explained, although not really clarified that much in the book, that there's a big difference between behaviors that are actively hurtful, like I know as Dvorim or things like that, where there it's not a matter of simply accepting things. There it needs to be talked through, needs to be addressed and communicated to one another. And then there are other types of flaws, which he talks about in this chapter, that are annoying or even something sometimes really wants, your, wants you to pull your hair out on the way your husband and wife, um, you know, ha- behaves or, or deals with things that you'd simply need to accept you cannot change them. Things like putting dropping the socks on the floor, putting jackets on the table, overweight issues, um, you know, the regular normal overweight issues. We're not talking about someone that's hitting the point of obesity where it's affecting their health already and um, they can barely breathe and they, they're starting to have sugar issues. That's a different realm. We're talking about normal 20 pounds, 30 pounds overweight. That comes very normal. And again, those type of things that happen are not meant to hurt people. We're not talking about someone who drops their socks there because they know it annoys their wife and they just want to get a rise out of her. Or a wife does something to her husband um, that she knows that drives him crazy and she does it to get him agitated. We're not talking about that. We're talking about things that they don't have any ill intent whatsoever. He's Tzaflagin, so he puts his socks on his floor because he's Tzaflagin. He doesn't think about it or he just... You know, he helps, he's 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 good in many nice person, good in many other areas. Over here he has this weakness. Same thing with the husband to wife. The wife is a wonderful wife in many ways, has this particular that particular flaw. There it's very important to overlook it and to accept the way they are and not try to change their spouse. Now Rabatin Shafer seems in his book very adamant about this. And like under Kamat, on almost no circumstances are you gonna. You should try to correct your husband or your wife. Try to improve them in any way. Um, and and I'm sure there's exceptions to the rule, and probably we need to talk to him for more elaboration. But the idea being overall is that when you try to uh, fix your husband or wife, they get reactive and angry, um, and and it's just simply not healthy. Um, both on the male side and on the female side. Now, he does say one side where you can change your spouse, and it's a very fascinating concept, and I'm going to elaborate a little bit. This is a very important side. Before we do that, he has a small paragraph called Your Side of the Mechitza, and I'm just going to read it word for word. The following rule applies to both men and women. Keep your eyes on your side of the mechitza. Gentlemen, you have a job in life. Hashem put you on this world to grow and to accomplish, to work on who you are. Keep your eyes on your side of the mechitza and change yourself. And ladies, Hashem put you on the planet to grow and accomplish, to work on who you are. And keep your side on your side of the mechitza and change yourself. He's not talking about sneas and looking at other men and other women. That's a separate subject. What he's trying to say is between a husband and wife themselves. A, a lot of the heavy work in a marriage 
is working on yourself. When you do that, and each one, if they both do it independently of one another and change them, themselves, work on themselves, that marriage is ultimately going to be a beautiful marriage. There's one way, though, to change your spouse, and he explains this with a muscle, and it's good to listen carefully to this muscle. A man finds himself locked in a room. He looks around and sees cement walls, no windows. The only way to get out is this door. And he pushes the door and it won't open. He pushes it harder. Doesn't work. Even harder. Nothing. He pounds on it. He kicks on the door. Smashes it. Nothing. It won't open. He tries and tries. Day after day. Batters it. Smashes it. Claws at it. It just won't budge. And he's getting desperate. He says, this is it. If I don't get out now, I'm going to die in here. Maybe I haven't pushed hard enough. Maybe I didn't muster all my strength. And he braces himself, takes a deep breath, and makes a mad lunge for the door. And crash, he falls. Gets up again, pushes against it with all his might. He falls again. And he's red in the face, sweating. Probably broke, broke a couple of ribs. And he's pushing and pushing. And out of sheer exhaustion, he crumples to the floor. And it's over. He thinks he's going to die. He's trapped. And he's crying his last tears. And he looks up. And on the bottom of the doorknob is the word pull. Suddenly it's clear to him. This door doesn't open outward. It opens inward. He was pushing so hard, all he needed to do was to do a little pull and the door opened. This is a beautiful muscle. Whoever thought of this is brilliant. It's a beautiful muscle. This is how marriages often happen. And the dynamic the husbands and wife are pushing each other, pushing and pushing and pushing to change their their spouse. And it never works because they're pushing and pushing and pushing when they're supposed to be pulling. Pulling your husband towards you, pulling your wife towards you. Embracing them for who they are. And ironically, that's when things change. That's when things change. He feels respected and accepted, she feels loved and cherished, now they're both eager to please their spouse. Then on their own, very often after a while, you give your wife full love, full attention. She's the most beautiful person to you in the world. She'll on her own want to look better and lose some weight, because she always wanted to do that in the first place. You don't have to tell her that. Now, it doesn't mean that they'll change. Will, Will that happen? No, not necessarily. No guarantees. Some things will not change. But that's an environment that could create the change. And even if it doesn't, you have the best case scenario at least. You now have an environment of respect and love and not an environment of tension. So you need to work on accepting your wife exactly as she is. Because when a woman feels cherished, she's more motivated to please her husband and increases the likelihood that she's going to change for the better for you and for herself. And for the women's side, you need to let your husbands know that you respect them and accept them exactly the way they are and that you don't want to change them. Ironically, ultimately, very often, after a while, they will change themselves. And... This is one of the Yisaitis. He feels, it's clear from reading this chapter, that he feels extremely strongly about this Yisaitis. 
this sixth mistake, this sixth dumb mistake, he seems very, very strong about it. Don't try to change it. It's not your job. You have to embrace them. If change is necessary, change yourself first. If you change yourself, your spouse will change too. And at the very worst scenario, even if they don't change, you'll have an environment of love and respect. There's always exceptions to the rule. And like I said, and he doesn't say it in the book, but I would say if there's harsh, I know, things like that, I, I don't think he's talking about that either here. He's talking about flaws that are there that are not meant to be hurtful. But they are hurtful, but they're not meant to be hurtful. Here, it's better to simply try not to change them in any way, shape, or form. He talks about also sharing. It's interesting. He brings a story with himself, Benzin Schaefer. He said that um, his wife and him, after, right after they married, they opened up a Miser account. And uh, basically, usually they want to make a donation from that Miser account. He'd ask his wife what she thought, and she always agreed. Always agreed. One point he forgot, and someone asked him for a donation, and he wrote a $100 check there, and he didn't have a chance to ask his wife. And when she found out, she was very upset at him. And Rabbi Schaefer asked her, I don't understand. I've written larger checks than $100, and you never questioned my judgment, and it never bothered you. So why are you suddenly bothered by this $100 check? And Rabbi Schaefer said it took him a long time to understand that it had nothing to do with the money. And it all had to do with feeling connected. His wife wasn't questioning his, her, his judgment. He was, she was questioning why I didn't ask her. We do these things together. And when we did it independently, it was like you wanted to be apart from me. That was the nakuda of it. And when he understood this, it became much easier to relate to his wife. And it was much easier for her to understand him. See, here is a, a, it's just a beautiful example. Of, of it could so easily be miscommunicated, misconstrued, you know, and this could be, if you're not sensitive, a, a, a start of a big argument. Why are you going crazy over a $100 check? And it had nothing to do with the $100 check. It's the fact that I felt not connected with you. And that that's a very, very interesting and insightful thing to understand. Another scenario is like this. Um, the husband gets a call from one of his old friends. I'm going to be in town the week. Would you come for Shabbos? Absolutely great to have you. And he hangs up the phone and tells his wife, good news, my friend is coming over and he's coming for Shabbos. And her face falls. Why didn't you ask me first? And she seemed hurt. And the husband didn't understand. She says, you always have extra food and you always don't mind company. And you always tell me to invite guests. So I didn't think you'd mind. But you see, here it's different. Why? Because he was on the phone and he just couldn't get himself to ask his wife if it was okay. He felt awkward. Do I need my wife's approval? It sounds weird. Let me ask my wife permission. He's going to tell his friend. So he didn't feel comfortable with that because he feels now dependent on someone, even his wife, and that feels uncomfortable for him. He feels embarrassed that he needs his wife's consent, because they're independent. That's 
most likely in most cases why they didn't ask their wives. But she finds it hurtful because in her world, dependence on a spouse is a good thing. If she says that she has to ask her husband, it's like bragging. It's pride. My husband and I are attached. And because I'm attached, I'm asking him. Not an embarrassment. So you see the difference between how they relate. And for a husband to know that, yes, he needs to ask his wife. So here's another misconception that he talks about, that many, very often husbands accuse their wives of being controlling. And in reality, yes, there are some women that are indeed controlling. But very often when a wife is asking, what are you doing today? Or, you know, please let me know before you invite somebody for Shabbos or things like that. Or let me know in the case of before of, of that when you write a check, a tzedakah check from the Meister account, please let me know. She's not trying to be controlling about any of these things. She wants to be connected. She wants to feel connected to him. Sometimes you have to understand that it is not about control. It's about feeling connected. And one of those things that we all need to learn when we're brought up in different genders and different personalities to try to start learning to understand each personality and to respect it greatly. So this is an idea. The concept of not trying to change your husband or wife, but rather be the best possible influence on them by changing yourself and your own behavior. That is the greatest influence you could have. The greatest influence you could have is by changing your behavior for the better towards your husband and towards your wife. That will have the greatest possible effect. And again, with all of these things, I always say this, whether it's directly related to the shear or not, but I bring it up very often from time to time that you talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu about all these things. You ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu with everything in Shalom Bayis and everything in life. And the one thing you ask is with all of these things in these principles in these this book and all other important books and what Chazal instruct us to do. So taking as this as an example, you can always ask the Rabbi Shleilam, and you ask him sincerely, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I love my wife, I love my husband. If it's something that's a hurtful thing, Mamish, then help me guide and how we could talk about it to each other so we could work on that so that this hurt doesn't exist anymore between us. But if it's not a hurtful thing intrinsically, a little bit being overweight, socks on the floor, other types of flaws that are normal. I have flaws. My wife or husband has flaws. We all have flaws. And you ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help you cope with it, to help you have the correct attitude towards it, to help you be more accepting of it, to learn how to let go of things that in the scheme of things are not important, or to let go of things that in the scheme of things, if you let go of it, it could promote healthy change, or at the very least promote a healthier, accepting environment. And you ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that the Shmaya. And you keep on asking sincerely for that. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu opens up Kalab This is part of it. You have the Bechira to do that. If you're always going to say, it's too hard on me, it's too hard. I can't accept this, I can't accept that. You ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help you with it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I know that it's important. 
I need to let go. I know that's the way I'm going to heal my marriage. This is the way I'm going to truly love and accept my husband and my wife. If I can let this go. And you ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for the Koyches and Nefesh to do that. And he gives you that Koyach. And ultimately when you do that and you give that up, you see a transformation over time. Very often the spouse does change on their own for the positive because now they feel respected and loved and accepted. And even if it doesn't happen exactly like that, and even if some flaws continue to exist, the atmosphere is an atmosphere of calmness, of more positivity, and more acceptance and love towards one another. Have a wonderful day.